on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bank roll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today, as you know, we have Andy and DJ cruise the motherfucking internet. And guess what? It's not just Andy and DJ. I got a good buddy here, Mr. Mike Glover. What's happening, brother? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> so Asian of me right here. I was so fucking Asian. Oh, this is the Asian. This is not Asian. This Bring is like mixing. Bring it here. I was so Asian. Up, Whatever the fuck you guys do, you get that clip of him doing that right now. That is shit is going on the internet. That shit of DJ right there. All right, guys. Hey, if this is your first time listening, we're very serious here all the time. All right. So get serious. <laughs> yeah, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is CTI. That stands for cruise the internet. All right. What we're going to do today is we're going to put up topics on the screen. We're going to talk about them. We're going to speculate on what's true, what may not be true. And then we're going to come up with some opinions of action that we can all take as individuals to help solve some of these problems going on in the world. Now, other times you tune in, you might be surprised to find out that this is actually an entrepreneurship business, personal development show. Uh, and you're probably asking yourself, why do we talk about what's going on in the world? If, most of the content is geared towards winning and personal development and building your business. Well, because you can't plant seeds where the soil's not fertile. And if we don't have fertile soil of freedom to plant our entrepreneur seeds in, there is no entrepreneurial fruit. And some of you guys have trouble understanding this concept. So if you tune in other times, you're going to get different kinds of shows that are all going to have to do with you getting better. We have Q&AF. That's where you get to ask questions and we give you the answers. Now, you could submit your questions a couple different ways. The first way is... Guys, you can email your questions in to askandy at andyforsella.com. Or, now that we're on YouTube... I said serious, motherfucker. <laughs> now that we're on YouTube, uh, if you go on YouTube, click subscribe, drop a comment underneath the Q&AF episodes, uh, we'll pick some questions from there as well. Other times, you're going to get a full-length episode. That's where we just have friends hop in. Uh, usually, these people have done extraordinary things. We let them tell their story. We talk about how... These ordinary people have done extraordinary things and how you could do extraordinary things as well. And then other times we have real talk. Real talk is just five to 20 minutes of me kind of ranting on what I think needs to be said. Uh, and then sometimes we have 75 hard verses and that's where we bring people on. If you guys didn't know, I do have this uh, program. It's not very popular at all. It's called 75 hard. Uh, and if you're interested in it, you go to episode 208 on the audio platform and check it out. It's free. Uh, but we bring people on who have used that program to reclaim control of their life and kick ass and become better humans and uh, we talk about that and how you can do it too. So that's the show. That's the rundown of the show. Uh, and then we have this thing that we call the fee. You're going to notice that I don't do ads. I don't do red ads. I don't take money from sponsors. Uh, I finance the show myself and I do it because I care. I want to help you guys. I want to help what's going on in the world. And uh, in exchange for that, the information I give you, especially on Q&AF, which is very tactical and uh, helpful for you guys in your business careers. Um, we ask that you share the show. You know, a lot of you guys message like, man, where have you been? Or I just found out about you. Or, you know, this message should be heard by everybody. Well, that is, that's up to you guys. Okay. So if we do a good job, uh, please share the show. If we don't do a good job, don't share it. It's real simple. So that's the fee. When I say pay the fee, that's what I mean. All right. So what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Nothing. You guys some more sh weird shit you want to do? Yeah. That's some weird stuff there. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, so what's going on with you, man? So. Busy. So, yeah. So the biggest thing you've got going on right now that we got to talk about is the book release that you just had. 
Yep. Let's talk about the book, man. We're day seven in the book, Prepared, a Manual for Surviving Worst Case Scenarios. It's about a two-year project. But I hear, you know, guys hit me up all the time, like, I want to do something like this. I'm like, invest 20 years of your life doing the thing and then come to the table and be prepared to do that thing, right? Sure. So um, really cool. I, I'm very humbled and honored that uh, Penguin Random, a big publisher, picked me up. And it took a long time to kind of get things dialed in, but we released it June 6th on D-Day. I didn't post about the book on D-Day because I, I feel like that's disrespectful. That wasn't even chosen by me, by the way. Yeah. If people ask me like, oh, you're dropping on D-Day, that's awesome. And then I get, you're dropping on D-Day, that's kind of like screwed up. I'm like, every book drops on Tuesday. Yeah. And they gave me a book, a date of June 6th or like July, whatever. And I was like, this is the appropriate day. Let's drop it. And here we are seven days into it. That's awesome. How's it yeah. going? So far, so good. I, I don't know how the book world works. Yeah, people are either. like, did you hit the list? And, and, and to be honest, I, I want to hit the list. I'm not going to say that I don't want to hit the New York, New York Times list because that's a profound thing for a, a writer, which means you get positioned to broader, broadly influence. Mm -hmm. That's why I want to hit the list. What, what is like, give people a basic rundown of the book because uh, I think this is a book that is very useful for anybody who is thinking about what could go wrong. Right. Cause like, dude, it's overwhelming. There's tons and tons of shit that, you know, you have all these people out there saying, you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to do this. And it's like, fuck dude, I can't be prepared unless I go out and buy a thousand acres and grow my food and have water stored for five years. Like it's, it's a lot. And, yeah. uh, you know, what I think is cool is you're making it, you're making it accessible and un easy to understand for people. Yeah, I, we call a disaster an equal opportunist, right? It doesn't care your wealth bracket, your political affiliation. It will hand you your ass the same. And so when I started this company, I actually said to myself, if I can get like a liberal in San Francisco to come out of his dwelling and go, hey, man, this stuff is like reasonable. Like, I want to take care of my family. I want to be self-reliant. I want to be independent. Then this applies to you, right? So it's not an extreme fringe of preparedness. It's like, reasonable things that you could apply to your everyday life. An example, um, in the pillars of preparedness, as I define it, I have seven pillars, four intangibles. These are things like situational awareness, decision point, planning, a resilient mindset. Those things you can't like pay for a course to get, but there are tactics, right? There are things that you could do. Um, when I talk about resilient mindset, for example, I was talking about your boy right here, walking in. I ain't seen you guys in, what, a couple months? It's been a while. And then I see him and I'm like, dude, he's like where he used to be stacked down here. He's stacked. He took yeah. all that and put it on top of his yeah, shoulders. He must be quietly working. He's doing yeah, something is on the that snake. That is? That's what that is. What the fuck are you doing? Over I was telling him what? So not eating two Twinkies, just one? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I've been doing some rucks at home. Yeah. With the heels I know you've been shit. doing something, dude. Been, been, been you looking good. Yeah. He looks moving. amazing. Yeah. And, and I see that and I go, well, he's building resilience in his life. Now, if you ask about tools and tactics, like we recommend things like instead of focusing on EDC as your pistol because you think that's being prepared when statistically it's improbable versus being healthy and well, following a protocol like 75 hard and getting fit, it's like that should be the focus. So when people read it, I've already got the feedback where they're like, dude, I thought it was going to be like how to shoot, move, and communicate like an operator. I'm like, guys, one, my, my field of experience is very narrow. I can tell you how to plan an operation. I, I'm very good at that. Counterterrorism, all the things. But when it comes to this idea of preparedness, it takes SMEs. It takes subject matter experts from every field, which 
there's a there's a time and place for every expert to be a conduit to a consumer who's like, how do I get prepared? We make the recommendations. It's like, go to 75 Hard, do the program, build resilience in your life. And that's what it is. It's a protocol and structure so people can wrap their head around it. And then what I hope that does, it plants the seed. And when they're done, they go, man, fuck, like, I want to I wanna live this lifestyle. Because you can't make it a hobby. It's like, it's like trying to be healthy and fit um, as a lifestyle. And you go to the gym two times a week, right? That's a hobby. It needs to be part of an integrated element in your life. And that's a lifestyle. That's a culture. And that's what we want. Yeah, bro, that's cool. I think a lot of this idea of prepping really gets tarnished because you know, it gets made out to be this like extremist thing. Um, you know, you have to be some sort of like far right survivalist extremist to like even pick up a book and read. But I think it's important for everybody, no matter where you live, whether it be inside the urban areas, especially if you live in the urban areas, I think, um, <clears throat> to the counties, to the, to the rural areas, you know, to have some sort of idea of what to do, because look, man, I think we're as close to disorder as we've been. It's in my life in civil, ci real civil disorder. I think, you know, we have these situations like riots and things that happen. Right. But I'm talking like total mass breakdown because dude, if this, if this conflict with, with China goes a few steps further, bro, they're going to start shutting down our shit. Um, and, and the way things it appears to be is that our own government might shut down our shit and tell us it's China. So we don't know, but here's what we do know. It's uncertain. And we should be prepared. And so I would appreciate personally if you guys would go support Mike's book. Um, where, where would be the most helpful place for, to, to buy it? Um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore. It's, it's out and about. So uh, anywhere that you can find books. I, I would recommend the Audible yeah. component. Uh, Jack Carr, um, he wrote the Ford for my book, Setting the Stage. It's all downhill from there. Like when yeah. Jack Carr writes your Ford, it's all downhill. <laughs> and, he, and Ray Porter who the vo is the voice of Terminal List, did the voice, and I did the voice for, for my book. But it's, it's a good read. It's short. Um, it's a couple hundred pages. It's five and a half hours. Um, yeah, and, and, and everywhere books are found, it's there. I, I went in Barnes & Noble in Missoula and in, uh, in Wyoming and found it in Barnes & Noble in the new nonfiction section. There we go. Yep. So, guys, awesome. show Mike some support. You know, get yourself a copy or two. Maybe get one for yourself, one gift, and let's, uh, let's help him get on that list, all right? It's fucking cool you're doing that, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for the support. Yeah, yeah of get course, on the bro. other list, right? Huh? Yeah, well, we're already on that list. <laughs> Not that list. We're, we're already on that one. <laughs> right, right. We're touching. We got to clarify. Yeah. 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 <laughs> fucking wieners are touching on that list, man. Holy shit. All right. <laughs> so what's going on, DJ? Well, guys, we got a lot of interesting things going on out here. Uh, remember, if you want to see any of these pictures, articles, links, videos, go to andyfrasella.com. You can find them linked there, or you can drop down in the YouTube description below and uh, find these articles linked here. Um, so before we get into our main topics, I have to bring something up. Okay, uh, Mike, CIA operative, right? You've seen some cool shit. You've done some cool shit, right? Um, and I gotta ask you this question. Um, in fact, our subscribers on YouTube have been meaning, I mean, they've been asking this question left and right. Um, so we gotta talk about it, gotta bring it up. Mike, the question is, do you believe in aliens? Oh, 100%. You know what? I actually have a theory that I developed in the shower this morning, which means it's like clear. Oh, this guy's clear. This has got to be good. <laughs> yeah. The aliens right now, all the evidence and the things that we're seeing right now, 
the whole world is shook. Mm. Social discourse, the world has fallen apart because we're eating each other alive. And when you think about the saving grace, it would be aliens. It'd be Independence Day mm. because that's the only thing that could bring us together against a common enemy mm. besides looking at ourselves as enemy. So sure. I, 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 there's something going on and I don't know if that's deliberate and intentional, like we're releasing the information a little bit at a time, but I certainly believe after all the things that I've seen in behind, you know, behind the curtain of the CIA and special operations, there certainly is 100% aliens that exist. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that because I don't know if you guys have seen the shit well, going on. You're gonna on ask me on my theories. Well, I know I you got believe. fucking theories. <laughs> I know you, we've talked about it. Not on the show. Okay, what Andy? if they? You think they want to hear my theories? <laughs> Do you believe in aliens, Andy? This is how it goes, bro. You just abandon me. We get, we get Mike Glover here. Hey, let's get Andy in here. Andy, yeah. is there a theory? Or there something? Is, I have a theory. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. So, so my theory on this is that have you guys ever heard of intelligent intervention? So, there's a book called Intelligent Intervention, and it's very hard to find. And my buddy Damon West put me onto it. All right, Boo Boo Damon West? Huh? No, no, no. Game West is fucking speaker who Fubu. spoke spoke Arte, not Fubu. He went to prison. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So anyway, he turned me on to it. Um, and I, dude, I think what happened, real talk, and, and fucking Rogan knows knows way more. Than <laughs> yeah. <I> do. But like. <laughs> I think these motherfuckers came here like 12,000 years ago where we believe is the beginning of humanity and like altered the course, like said, okay, here's some stuff you need to know. This is what you need to do. Because when I watch these shows, like if you read that book, it's eye-opening. Mm. It's fucking eye-opening. Like they have like symbols of spacecraft etched into stone from 12,000 years ago. And then you look at these structures where there's, you know, a block that's millions and millions and millions of pounds and they're structured in a, an actual structure. And if you go back to ancient Samaria, that's where generally historians say that the first people came from, which is like Iraq, right? Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, this book kind of outlines how the aliens came here and guided like all the different tribes of people all over the world to like evolve. And, and dude, I don't think there's any denying it because when you follow the course of history and the evolution of technology, it's like these people were evolving back then with no communications across continent, right? In the exact same ways. So it's very, it's like, hmm. I, I think that a lot of our, I think a lot of our understanding of what is really happening is a complete lie. Yeah. Like complete lie. Like, I think they don't tell us. I think they want us not to know. I don't even think they want humans to know their own capabilities. I think they, they make people think that, you know, you know, like this thing they tell us like, oh, well, you know, we only know what 10% of the brain does. You know, humans only, only use 10% of their brain. Well, what the fuck is the other 90% for? How do you know I only use 10? Bro, but if they told you that, would you ever, like, when they tell you that, do you ever think, like, oh, well, I wonder what the other, well, they said that the 90% doesn't do anything, so they just, people forget about it. Mm. And I actually believe that a big part of human capacity is able to manifest things into reality through your thoughts. And I think they don't want you to know that because if everybody knew that and they knew it as truth, the world would look completely different and it would be impossible for humans to actually rule over other humans. Mm. You see what I'm saying? 
So I, I think there's a lot that we don't know. And I think that, you know, what they're releasing now, like you were saying, Mike, I think that's just to take distraction away from all the shit that they're getting caught doing. Well, I mean, there's definitely things that have come out, documents, you know, things talking about Project Bluebeam. Yeah. Right. Like, have you heard about uh, Project Bluebeam? Yeah. yeah. You know, so I mean, there's things like that. I don't, I don't know. Well, there's just, two versions of Project Bluebeam. Right. There's the version that it's aliens. So then, Project Bluebeam is basically a conspiracy theory mm -hmm. that they use holographic technology to create alien invasion uh, so that people get scared, right? And scare them into control or mm -hmm. to actually create the second coming of Jesus Christ. So there's that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there is a lot going on, and I wanted to bring this up because I don't know if you I guys know this. Said. Independence Day is playing on HBO right now for free. <laughs> so they're always, priming us for something. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, man, right? And so yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen this, uh, but this came out of Las Vegas uh, recently. So uh, this uh, Daily Mail article reads, uh, headline reads, Las Vegas UFO mystery deepens as cops install high-tech surveillance cameras at home where residents reported seeing 10-foot aliens with large, shiny eyes. Um, so the article kind of dives into it. So uh, it reads, the Las Vegas UFO mystery has deepened as police installed high-tech cameras outside the home where residents reported seeing 10-foot aliens with large, shiny eyes. Doug Papa, a former police officer who has been following the story of the mysterious object falling from the so uh, sky, said it baffled him uh, when the Las Vegas uh, police department placed surveillance cameras outside. He interviewed the family who made the call and they told him that the cops installed the camera to quote, protect them from UFO fanatics who might bother them. Uh, despite being skeptical, uh, Papa, who is a podcaster said he believes the family is somewhat credible. Police body cam footage captured a suspected UFO sighting in Las Vegas after residents reported seeing 10 foot aliens with large shiny eyes in their backyard. Uh, a Vegas officer's camera picked up the object at about 11.50 p.m. on April 30th after a resident reported something, quote, 100% not human on their property, local TV channel 8 News Now reported. Uh, the footage shows a bright blue ball of light traveling through the dark sky at speed. Here is the, uh, the video. I love that sound. <laughs> It's a scene straight out of the X-Files. A family in Las Vegas insisting something is out there after allegedly having a close encounter of the third kind. I swear to God, this is not a joke. One witness calling 911 after they say an object fell out of the sky and landed in their backyard. They're like nine foot, ten foot tall. They look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes. The mysterious object that fell from the sky? Even the officers apparently saw that. The green glow of the alleged UFO is seen on this newly released body camera footage. I have butterflies, bro. Everyone saw a shooting star, then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. So when that 911 call came in, less than an hour later, police were ready to believe it. It was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like around 10 feet tall. Because I'm not going to BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's yes. why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or? But after a brief investigation of the yard, officers closed the case as unfounded. If those, those nine-foot beings come back, don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That, I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> According to former intelligence officer David Grush, an alien crash landing isn't too far-fetched. Grush recently turned over documents to Congress claiming the U.S. government has a vast collection of vehicles that have non-human origin. Andrew Dimbert, 
ABC News, New York. And uh, here's a copy of the uh, police report from that incident. It's a real thing. It was definitely documented. Um, but let's get into David Grush, right? So, so David Grush served 14 years in the Air Force where he says he was told about the program by others who were involved. Grush, he's 36 years old, uh, a decorated Afghanistan combat officer who went on to work for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. His role was to act as the NRO's representative when dealing with the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Task Force was uh, specifically set up to investigate UFOs. Um, what? I mean, yeah, I just don't I mean, does this change much of what you guys, are you guys' personal theories? I have a theory about our evolution as humans and how it ties into aliens. But, like, I mean, does this change anything? I think... It's no coincidence that these things are starting to be publicized considering the turmoil that's going on with all the other things. Um, <clears throat> I personally feel that a lot of the reason that some of these stories are making the news now is because they're trying to distract people from looking at the things that are going on with Joe Biden in terms of him being found um, to have been taking money from other governments for policy decisions over the course of many years. And we're talking many millions and millions of dollars. Um, and like I've been saying on the show, I don't think that they're going to stop at mm -hmm. this. If this doesn't work, it'll be something else. So they'll progress it further and further and further. And I think we're at a point now where the, the harder they push some of this shit, the less people are going to believe them at all. Um, and basically just moved completely away from the media being credible in any way, shape, or form. I mean, that's my best take on what's going on with the alien shit. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I, look, I, that 14-year veteran who was the whistleblower on that project, he, he said that existed. Mm -hmm. um, I have worked for the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Organization. Out of all the agencies that I worked with, the NRO scares me the most. The NRO handles all the satellite systems that conduct surveillance across the globe and track intercontinental ballistic missiles. That's open, the open source version of it. But those dudes are able to see and track everything that takes place in our country and on this earth. And that's pretty scary. So it's like the NRO is the closest thing you're going to get to a, a deep state's action arm. And so when I see this, I go, okay, what's his intent? You know, what, what's his task and purpose? Like, why is he doing this? And I, I tend to agree with Andy on this because look, the, the whole Biden payments, the whole Trump thing that's going on right now where he was just indicted on federal charges, which has never happened in our country's history. When you see all the distraction, they understand the algorithm and how national media works, how messaging and propaganda works. And they understand what to message in order to keep the American people distracted and keep them focused on Instagram comment posts. That's all they could do in their echo chambers, but they can't get to the national level. They can't mm -hmm. influence people across the, the spectrum. And so that's kind of scary. I, when I look at the, every morning I wake up, because I do a, a show called Prep Life on my, my personal uh, channels. When I wake up every morning, I look at national media headlines and I don't look for what they're putting out. I look for what they're not putting out. Right. And, and so I understand right. like, hey, what's real news? Well, real news is Biden's um, and his sons and his family's hundreds of millions of dollars, even though it was a $10 million payment divided into two, one for the big man, as it, as it right. was reported, and one for uh, the son. 
with 17 different federal accounts that the, the banks submitted a, a complaint saying this is what racketeering looks like. And that's not talked about in national media headline news. Then I go, oh, what are they putting in the news to get people's attention and eyes? Because there's something else that's being passed under the buck. And that's what's scary. I, I think that propaganda machine is so good at doing what it's doing. They used to do it in the, the 90s and 2000s with Hollywood and influencing the masses. And we see how that worked out for us as a country now. And they're going to continue to do it with mainstream media into the election cycle. And it's going to be scary. Yeah, I also think that it's not just aliens that are the distraction. I think this thing with the trans shit, I think they want everybody arguing about this trans shit where it affects literally less than 1% of the population in real life, okay? <clears throat> and ignore the crime in the inner cities, ignore the migration that's happening, which is actually an invasion, okay? And to look and argue over this thing. And this is one of the things that I get so frustrated with um, with some of the patriotic or, you know, I think there's a difference between patriotic influencers and conservative influencers, in my mind, pro-freedom and conservatism are not necessarily the same thing. Um, but it gets me frustrated because they constantly buy into the fake outrage. Well, I don't think it's fake. I think it's real. People are fucking sick of it. Yeah. But they buy into the outrage uh, that the media tells them to be outraged and they, they, they are unable to recognize, holy shit. We're falling into this. They were doing exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. And this is like, you could see this in the rise of racially charged comments on both sides coming from black America towards white America and white America towards black America. And none of that shit's okay. Like we have to remember who the fuck we are and what this country's about. This country isn't meant for just one race of people, no matter who that race is. And we come from all different backgrounds. We work together. We build something great that we can be proud of. And part of being proud of it is knowing that we built it from people and with people who are different than us. I mean, that's one of the biggest senses of pride that I think uh, we as a country need to get back to, right? Like that's what makes America, America. And every time that people buy into these outrage narratives, whether it be a shooting or whether it be a riot or whether it be police violence or whether it be the trans thing or whether it be aliens, we're pawns in their game. And that's, that's where people are failing to connect. And I think the main thing that we can do to subvert their efforts to propagate us is by not complying and not getting outraged about fucking anything and keeping, taking a pause and saying, nah, man, they're trying to get us not to notice this. And we start talking in those terms, they lose all their power. They lose all of it. And that's, that's where we need to get to. And that's going to come down to, you know, people forgiving people for some of the things they did to each other during COVID or maybe five years before that or 200 years before that so that we can save our asses now. That's 100%. my opinion. So, so you guys are saying it's safe to just stamp distraction on this? I, I say it. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I'm not saying it ain't real. Yeah, I think yeah. it's very real. I think a lot of things are real that they haven't told us about. I also think a lot of things that they told us about are not real. Mm. Um, some of those things that you can't even mention without people getting completely fucking outraged. You know, so we still have a lot of deprogramming left to do. It's one of the things I like about what RFK is saying uh, in his campaign. You know, he's running as a Democrat. You know, I don't even think he, I think he understands that he's not going to be president. And I think he understands that by him running for president, they're not allowed to really fuck with him mm -hmm. in terms of like the laws of censorship and it's how great, it's a great strategy. Right. And he's running an entire campaign of disclosure 
because he understands that, you know, his family directly has been one of the most victimized families of non-disclosure ever. His uncle was killed by our own fucking government. So I, I think he's got a personal interest to disclose some of the shit that we've all been thinking is true. And I, here's what's going to suck. Like people like us who are like, man, you know, they're not telling us all this shit. There's still a whole lot of people that believe that everything on the news is real. They believe that everything that they tell us is real. Like when you question, like when I question this shit on the show, like, bro, I get people from, you know, like literally people still messaging me being like, bro, you're insane. You're a moron. You're this, you're that. It's like, bro, I haven't fucking missed in three fucking years. Okay. I missed on two things. I know exactly what they are and I, I, I own it. But the point is we still have a lot of deprogramming to do. And, and like, bro, it's going to be hard for people. Like if the truth does come to fruition and we declass what the fuck has been actually going on in the actual history of humanity, it's going to be a lot for people to fucking swallow at once. 100%. But I think it's going to cause less mental illness than the shit they're propagating with us now. For real. And less turmoil. Like, I mean, bro, like, you know, they're convincing everybody now that men can have babies. And women are men and all this, like, it's fucking confusing as fuck. Like, think about teaching that to a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd just rather know the truth. Like, I want to know what the fuck's going on. Like, where do we sit in the, the uh, intergalactical hierarchy? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, are we fucking bacteria or right. we doing pretty good? Like, do we need to worry about shit? You know, like, this fucking fake freedom, like, facade for me personally is it's 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 almost more excruciating than being literally ruled over because it's like bro you're making me believe that i'm free when i'm not really fucking free and it drives me insane you know so i don't i don't know that's real man well uh let's keep cruising let's keep this uh this, this <laughs> yeah. cruise chain train going uh well, headline number one uh this is a spicy one headline number one reads White Starbucks manager who ran Philly store where two black men were refused access to bathroom, sparking protests, is awarded $25 million as jury finds she was fired because of her race. A little spicy one here. Got some jalapenos, but let's, let's dive into this. This is an important topic, man. Um, so this Daily Mail article reads, a white Starbucks manager who was fired when her staff refused to let two black men use the bathroom at a Philadelphia store has been awarded $25.6 million, um, which is the equivalent to like $12 now because of the inflation. <laughs> um, Shannon Phillips on Monday won her lawsuit against the coffee giant and was handed $25 million in punitive damages and $600,000 in uh, compensatory damages. A federal jury in New Jersey found the company had given her the boot because she was white, which violated her civil rights. Um, now, here's a video from the arrest. Uh, again, this incident happened back in 2018. Uh, but here's the, uh, the video that went viral um, from 2018. What did they get called for? Because there are two black guys sitting here meeting me? Yes, I didn't know. Well, what did they do? What did they do? Someone told me what they did. They didn't do anything. I saw the entire thing. They didn't. What did they do? The woman says her paying customers. They didn't do anything
So that's the video that went viral. Okay. Well, what did they do? Well, so because I mean, they didn't look like they did. I mean, from that. Well, I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Uh, so the lawsuit finally came to an end this week. The article continues. Uh, five years after the arrest of the two black men at the Starbucks in Rittenhouse Square, Philadelphia, uh, Rashawn Nielsen and Dante Robinson had been waiting for a meeting when they were refused access to the toilet and were asked to leave before cops were called. Their arrest prompted widespread out, uh, outrage and protest after footage of the incident emerged uh, and Starbucks was accused of racism and boycott threats. Um, so these two gentlemen entered a Starbucks. They sat there. They did not buy a drink. They didn't pay for anything. Um, one of the employees approached them and asked them if they would like to order anything. They said no. And they asked if uh, they could use the restroom. And the employee told them that the restroom was for the paying customers only, which is a common practice at most establishments, right? Um, and, uh, and then after that, they were asked to leave. They refused to leave. And then the police were called. They were arrested for trespassing. Um, so that's the full story. Um, now, this Miss Phillips lady, uh, she, the article says, uh, Miss Phillips, who oversaw the location as well as about 100 other locations, uh, would have been paid up to about $200,000 a year, was fired, uh, was quickly fired, uh, but in 2009 sued the coffee chain, claiming it was due to racial bias. Um, so following her victory on Monday, her lawyer, Laura uh, Carlin Manicacci, uh, said they were very pleased with the unanimous verdict. She said that she, quote, uh, she proved by clear and convincing evidence that punitive damages were warranted under the New Jersey law. Um, she claims that Starbucks started punishing white employees who weren't involved weeks later in a bid to publicly prove they were handling the incident. Ms. Phillips alleges the firm ordered her to put a white male manager who had worked for the company for 15 years on administrative leave because of a race discrimination allegation against him. The allegation was based on complaints non-white employees at the manager's store were paid less than white workers. Uh, Ms. Phillips said she argued the male manager didn't have a say in wages. The lawsuit also said Ms. Phillips objected to suspending him because she said the manager wasn't racist and she had never seen him exhibit discriminatory behavior. She argued, in comparison, the black manager of the store where the arrests were carried out did not face any disciplinary action. Um, charges were dropped on both men. Um, article continues saying the two black men ended up reaching a settlement with Starbucks in the aftermath for an undisclosed sum and an offer of a free college education. They were both 23 years old at the time. Separately, they reached a deal with the city for a symbolic $1 each and a promise from officials who set up a $200,000 program for young entrepreneurs. Quote, we thought long and hard about it, and we feel like this is the best way to see that change that we want to see, uh, Mr. Robinson said at the time. Um, now, a couple of things to mention before we discuss on this. I pulled up uh, some of the crime maps going on in, in Philadelphia at that time. So in 2018, uh, there was 353 homicides in Philadelphia, uh, a 12% increase from 2017. Uh, this app, uh, the data that I'm pulling, it maps the victims of gun violence. There was 1,147 non-fatal gun shootings, uh, 302 fatal shooting victims, and that was just in 2018, um, where you know, so, so almost 80% were non-fatal. Um, 
84% of those uh, victims, their cases uh, never went anywhere. They're code cases. Um, 91% of the victims were male. Um, 83% were black. And uh, more than half were in the age range of 18 to 30. And we can see in the last uh, 10 years, homicide rates are rising in Philadelphia. Uh, crime stats are everywhere, right? Um, and They then, are? I thought you weren't allowed to talk about crime stats. Oh, no, we could talk about them. Oh. It's real AF, right? Yeah. I just right? thought that we just forgot about those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and like, you know, I, but I, I want to say this too. This is one of my favorite pieces. So they, they, they use this photo of the two gentlemen, right? And just like off bat, like, what are we noticing? What's the, so let, let's paint the picture for our audio listeners. So it has uh, Rashawn and Dante sitting on this nice little couch. And behind them is just this wall of degrees and uh, certifications and accommodations. Um, well, this picture was just taken at the lawyer's office. This is all the law, uh, the lawyer's uh, accommodations and degrees and things like that. It's trying to make them, you know, paint them up looking like nice young standing men. Well, they might be. Uh, they might not be. Well, I don't know. We, do you know? Oh, I know. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, like, dude, I don't have a problem with this picture. No, but, but I mean, behind. I'm just saying, like, you know, okay, let's hear the rest. Well, I mean, it's just, it, no, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. It's just the, it's the standard image that they try to paint. Like, these were yeah. upstanding citizens. And they're like, guys, at the end of the day, black, white, yellow, brown, blue, don't fucking matter. The law is the law. If you're asked to leave a place, you have to leave. It's called trespassing, right? You don't just get to say, no, I'm not doing it, right? Like. It is what the fuck it is. I don't, I don't believe this thing had anything to do with color. It didn't have it. Like, bro, like, you, I don't know if you, the last time you guys been in the fucking Starbucks, we know who runs Starbucks, right? Like, these aren't fucking white conservatives that are running these locations, right? They're all pink and blue haired, you know, typically leftists, right? That operate these Starbucks. I don't believe there was any type of racial prejudice whatsoever. But, you know, again, anything they can use I mean, to bro, turn I've in. been told many a times coming up through my life, like, where I used to have meetings in places like that and people are like, well, this is for paying customers. I mean, I, it's a common thing. Yeah, it is very common. It's a common thing, man. I just hate how the, the spin to, I mean, like, again, it's just one of those well, things. Remember too, also, bro, I think, I think also when this happened, things were very different in the, in the social environment, you know, like for a long time and you know, people can, you guys can get fucking pissed about this, but this is reality. If you're white, you can't say shit about anything. Like, that's why I made the joke about the fucking crime stats. Like, you can't point at the crime stats because yeah. you're racist. You can't even fucking say someone is black. Oh, what do you, what do you got something against black people? No, I'm just pointing out a fucking fact of the matter. And we see this in the media, right? We see the media make, tell these stories. Bro, we're even seeing the media do this shit now where they're marking the fucking migrants that commit the crimes as fucking white. Yeah. Have you seen that, Mike? Yeah. The drive bro, the white crime data. Oh, yeah. Like, like, bro, there's a complete bias against fucking white people. It's part of the Democrat narrative right now. It's another one of the distraction division tactics. And it's bullshit. And the truth of the matter is, um, the reason that we, because I'm not going to sit here and say that black Americans, inner city Americans, have it fucking the same as everybody else, because they fucking don't. But the reason that they fucking don't is because the people that they continue to vote for intentionally create hardships on them over and over and over again to maintain the control of their vote power so they can come in every two and four years and say, hey, you know what? Fucking white dudes over there, they fucked up all your shit. Look at your neighborhood. They did all this stuff. They stole your funding. They won't give you the money. They won't do this. When in reality, you guys elect them, meaning black people, that you elect them. They go to Washington. They make more policies to figure out how to fuck the fucking black neighborhoods and treat them like shit. 
and then blame it on the other guy. And like, that's been going on for 50 fucking years. And so if we're going to have some real talks about real solution, this absurd shit that we cannot state facts of the matter when a black man commits a crime, uh, you know, we have to be able to say, hey, we have 83% of the shootings that are happening in this area are committed by black males between the ages of 18 and 30 years old. That's a, st- that's a statistic. That's a fact. That's not something you can argue or pretend doesn't exist. And if you want it solved, which all people should, especially black people, we have to acknowledge that that's a problem. So how do we fix it? And that's where the conversation needs to go, in my opinion. You know, this shit where like, I, bro, personally, I think race is fucking stupid. <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. You know, like I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's things that, you know, we should be, in my opinion, America should celebrate the cultural diversity in a real way. Uh, people who, who come from different countries, who have their customs and their, their way of life, those things should be celebrated. But I also think there's an American culture that comes before all of that, that everybody should buy into and be a part of. And then we can celebrate the traditions and say, oh, this is a cool tradition outside of my culture. I like that. That's cool. This is what we do in our people. This is what they do in their people. And then we have all these different kinds of people. It could actually be pretty cool. But because of these assholes in the media in Washington, we can't even get along for a fucking day because we can't even point at the real problem. And why wouldn't they want us to talk about the real problem? Why wouldn't they want us to acknowledge the crime data and say, this is what's actually happening? The reason is, is they, they don't want the problem to be solved mm-hmm. because it serves them. And so, you know, I don't know, bro. Like, those dudes didn't seem like they did anything wrong. Like, but the reality is, is, you know, like you said, if a, if a place says, hey, you got you, you to gotta be a paying customer to hang out here. No, no lawyer, lawyer, thing, right? You know how you say it? Loitering or trespassing. Loitering, yeah. yeah. No lawyer. Law, I can't say the word. Well, I mean, do no I mean, hanging around, motherfuckers. <laughs> right. right? All right. Well, I mean, here's the thing. They had no problem kicking us out and lock us in the, locking, us, uh, lock, locking us up if we didn't wear a mask in these fucking places. Well, nobody fucking kicked me out anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm just saying, like, I mean, we saw those videos all over the fucking place, right? There was yeah. no protest for those. I can't see, um, I mean, I can't see the population of people who are frequenting Starbucks in the inner city of Philadelphia being a lot of white people, period. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's not like, like the demographic is, is not outside the ordinary. If this was in Utah, it'd be a lot different. This is in Philadelphia. I grew up in uh, Daytona Beach and North Carolina. And my, my, my family, my, my grandma, who raised me as a kid, lived on the black side of town. By Bethune Cookman College. Mm. I mean, right down the road. Oh yeah, that's it, baby. And and dude, I mean, it was everybody was black except me and my grandma and my dad. And when I grew up in that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when I grew up in that, um, when I used to play basketball down the road, all the black kids, because I was the only pale skinned dude, used to call me Wonder Bread. Mm. And and it was like, what the hell is Wonder Bread? It's like, oh, it's white bread. I'm like, but I'm not white. Right. I like. I don't want to, I'm not like a white guy. Like, I don't look like a white guy. I mean, wheat bread at least? Yeah, wheat. Let me get some mix, some poppy seeds, something. Some artisan bread. And so when I grew up. You're that swirl bread. Swirl something. Swirl roll. Rye. I do rye. I'm pumpernickel. So so growing up, I understood uh, kind of segregation. On We lived on the other side of MLK Boulevard, which is all black. And my grandma simulated in that environment, and my grandma was prejudiced. I mean, I wouldn't call her racist, but she was prejudiced. And, 
And I remember like the little black girls who were next door running across her lawn and her saying some words that wouldn't be favored today. But those same little girls grew up and respected my grandmother. They went to her funeral and told everybody how much they loved my grandma. And so it was a different place back then in the 80s. And then fast forward, um, growing up, very diverse. My Uncle Weaver, who's black, is like that wall right there. No offense, Uncle Weaver. He's he's purple. Um, I can say that because he's my uncle. Right. But he met my Korean uh, aunt. And we have a a very diversified family, black, Puerto Rican, all the things. And so when I see stuff like this, like Andy said, it's all racially charged because we're trying to create a divide. And that narrative is created by corporations, the national media. And at the end of the day, what is the matter of fact? The matter of fact, like you said, these dudes are loitering. They're in a place, an establishment. If they went to Philcraft HQ, my business, and they sat down at at a table and they weren't buying shit, I'd be like, what's up? What are you guys doing? Like, oh, we're just hanging out. Okay, you going to buy something? Right. No. Get the fuck out of my place. Exactly. Like, if you're going to buy nothing, get out of my fucking place. Yeah. And so that's how it works. Because that's it's reasonable, a, it's, it's a bit. It's reasonable. Yeah. You have an expectation. So when I see all this stuff unfold, it's all charged. What I'm pleasantly surprised from the article, and I think it's a positive direction, is white people in this case getting um, discriminated against and actually winning the case in New Jersey. Yeah. That's rare. It's a big uh, precedent. But but it's a big precedent. It needs yeah. to happen more often because I mean, dude, it is it's I look at my race and I'm like I could assimilate with every race. I think Andy's in the same boat too. He doesn't look like a white guy. And so he has the ability to assimilate blacks, whites, Puerto Ricans and be the neutral race. I love the benefit of being that. I look at my friends who are straight white and I go, "Dude, it sucks to be you right now." Yeah. And and growing up it, it it didn't because nobody focused on race. They just focused on character. And today we're we're in a different world, and it sucks because everybody, like you said, is being swayed by a national media narrative. And and here's the thing: like the inner city, the inner city where crime is the highest, where you know, growing up dating chicks in Philly. I had a girlfriend who was in Philly, and I used to go there. It was a big shithole, and I was coming from Washington D.C. and like, oh my god, this is horrible. The reason it's that way is because everybody there buys into the, the narrative and they also buy into the institution. They outsource everything in the name of optimization and efficiency, except that shit's not working anymore. The system you bought into, outsourcing your healthcare, uh, outsourcing your security, outsourcing your education, all those systems are fracturing and nearly broken. So it's time to take some of that back. And when I see dudes like Jay-Z and Beyonce, who I respected growing up, and I love their story and their up and coming story. They're billionaires now. And when you look at what they're doing for, for, for pushing people in the democratic narrative, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yep. And because there's conservative principles like discipline, like character, like value that made them what they are. And they're pushing people to that narrative who keeps those people suppressed in the inner city. They're making sucks. them believe that they're victims. They make them believe they're automatically. victims. Automatically. Like out, out the gate. Yeah, that's the that's the main nefarious, disgusting point of the agenda is making white people feel guilty for being white and making black people feel like no matter how hard they work or how hard they try or what they do, that it's going to be impossible for them to get ahead. Yep. Because it's already hard enough to get ahead no matter who the fuck you are, right? So like you don't need this thought weighing on your shoulders. They understand what they're doing. They understand that they are demoralizing an entire generation of black youth from even trying. 
And, you know, and then they turn to crime and these other, this other lifestyle that we see. Right. Um, but you know, I do think it's good that we're seeing this go the other way because I've been saying this on the show for years, because it's a matter of fact, white Americans are the only Americans that are legally allowed to be discriminated against inside of companies. You cannot hire someone or not promote someone because they happen to be white, even if they happen to be better than the, the whoever else they're against. Okay, and if that other person happens to be a, a minority of any race, they can get the job just because they are that race over someone who's more qualified, who happens to be white. And that's not okay, right? That's not meritocracy. That's not what this ca- country was founded upon. Also, and it is discrimination. And yeah. it's always been discrimination. Exactly. It's just been accepted for the last 25 years where, and people, like a lot of people don't realize this has been going on for a long fucking time, you know, for for me to even come on here and speak like this about what's going on, that would not have, like if I would have said this five years ago on my show, it would have been complete fucking canceled. Complete canceled. Dudes are racist. Dudes are this. Dudes, Dude, if, if we don't talk about the facts, guys, I don't give a fuck what color you are or where you come from or what you think of me, but if we don't talk about the actual facts, how can you solve the problem? You can't. How can we solve the problem of black men killing each other if we can't even say that black men are doing the fucking killing? See what I'm saying? And the people who want to fucking acknowledge that statistic the most should be black people. You so, would think. You would think, man. One, one last little thing I want to pull up on this, man, because I saw this online. And, I don't think uh, these guys did anything super horrible, bro. Like, these dudes look like they're all right dudes. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, that, that, that's cool. They yeah. probably should have been arrested. I mean, that's kind of dramatic. Well, charges, I thought so, too. Were like, why I are thought, you arresting I thought, dudes? Like, and, it, and I could, from watching that first video, real talk, like, I could see why there was some outrage. Yeah. yeah if you're sure. a cop, use common sense when applying yeah. these kind of things. Just like, you're here, you got to go. Yeah. Okay, I'm up, I'm out. Yeah. This, like, well, making they, this a civil rights issue is uh, kind of... Uh, they forced a hand? Yeah, that's, that's the thing, and that's what it was, because there's, there's another video angle where, like, it, it wasn't... It didn't just start with, you know, 10 cops in the fucking Starbucks. It started with well, just, I think, one or two, and they asked them, like, all right, you guys have been asked to leave. And, and they, they, they said they, no. They said yeah. no. Yeah, but DJ, that also comes from this belief that we're living through this civil rights renaissance Russian. where all that shit has already been happening. It's, it's already it's happened. Yeah. yeah. Like, you are not the civil rights heroes of this fucking country, yeah. bro. That happened in the 60s. Right. Yep. And all you're right? not doing a sit-in because they actually leave. because They wanted you to buy something. You Correct. said no. It's not Correct. like. So it's not an appropriate <laughs> no. course of action. It's not, man. You know, like, not everything has to be this statement. Like, sometimes you're just an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and guess what? We've all been it at one time or another. We can all, we've all been the asshole. Right. You know, like, sometimes we make it worse by doing things like this. 100%, man. I want to show you guys this little thing because I found this online. And it's, I think it. it, it it's so important because I think ultimately what this is coming down to is, again, like what, what's the task and purpose of these racially charged things, right? And, I, and I, it truly is division. It's divide and fucking conquer, right? And I saw this post and I want to show you guys this because it, it, to me it just it, it, it explains what's going on so beautifully. Uh, and so it reads, it says, if a white person has a list of things. So the first thing is, is it says, if a white person moves out, it's called white flight. And that's called racism. A white person moves in, it's called gentrification, which is called racism. A white person sees color, it's racism. A white p- person doesn't see color, it's ignoring racism, which is racism. If a white person doesn't partake in culture, they're non-inclusive, which is racism. But if a white person engages in culture, it's cultural appropriation, and that's racism. Right? And it's like, you know, it's creating uh, this, this, this point in society that, I mean, dude, like, 
Yeah, it'd be fucking that, dangerous, man. Listen, it's not that dangerous. This only works if you fucking listen to it. Yeah. Like, bro, I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. You say whatever the fuck you want about me. I'm going <laughs> to live my fucking life. You know what I'm saying? You want to call me a racist for the shit that I say, pointing out facts, and fuck you. That's how I, and if more people had that fucking attitude, this shit wouldn't be a problem. The problem here is that we have a bunch of fucking cowards that, that don't fucking stand up for themselves and allow themselves to be called things that they know they're not over and over and over again, and then basically just accept the abuse. Yeah. And this, go, this can go for any category. There's, there, this same chart could be written a different way for other races the same way. It's just like, bro, we have to stop caving to social pressures and start saying, you know what? Uh, I, I moved out not because of white flight. It wasn't because black people moved in my neighborhood. I actually just wanted another fucking house. You know, I moved in because this is what I could fucking afford. Uh, I don't see color because I actually believe in the content of character and judging what MLK fucking preach. And you can disagree with MLK all you want, but I think he actually preached a tremendous message that embodies America, which is why he's celebrated as a hero. A lot of people say, well, he was a Marxist. Well, he might've been a Marxist, but he's saying a good shit that fucking, I think represents what the fuck we're about. Uh, doesn't partake in culture. Well, that's because uh, I got my own culture. <laughs> That you guys say I don't have, yeah. right? Uh, I like hip hop. That's cultural appropriation. Well, motherfucker, I don't know what to tell you because that's what I like. <laughs> I call it culturally appropriate. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's just real easy to like just say like, yeah, well, no, it, it is what the fuck it is, bro. Yeah. Like if we just all had that attitude, and whether that be because black people get this same shit, bro, in a different way. Like yeah. you get this exact same shit from black people. You do. Yeah. Because you stand for conservative values. You're more conservative than I am. You know, uh, Amir, our buddy Amir, who is a conservative gay man, he's been mm -hmm. on the show. Um, bro, he gets blasted by the black community this exact same way. That, like if that said, if Amir up at the top and you mm -hmm. went through all the shit, they'd say the same shit about him. Yep. So yep. this is about perpetuating a victim culture class so that cert so a certain class can have power over another class by just naming them a certain thing. And this goes into cultural Marxism. If you go read about Marxism, part of what the strategy is, is to shame people to the point where they don't resist. And that's what we're dealing with now. And all you got to do is just not be ashamed. Like, motherfucker, I'm not fucking this or that. I'm doing this. And you don't even have to explain yourself, bro. 90% of black people understand this is bullshit too. Do they not? No, they're absolutely. Well, yeah. At least, I mean, yeah, they're definitely starting to right. realize it more for sure, man. Well, guys, let's keep this CTI train rolling. We got headline number two. Headline number two reads, Biden White House bans topless trans activists for inappropriate behavior at event for LGBTQI plus families. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. Who hasn't seen this? Right. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere. So let's, let's dive into this a little bit. So the White House. <laughs> I know my dad's seen it. <laughs> did he get pissed? No. <laughs> But dad's like, did you see the White House? There was a hot chick with titties on the front. Oh. <laughs> That's a man. Oh, bro. <laughs> Keith did the same thing. Bro, no, he didn't. Bro, I swear to God, I, I had to fucking, I'm, I'm going to show you real quick. This bro, is bro, what was on my screen. Bro, I told my dad. So, so listen, it was a whole conversation. So, <laughs> sorry, dad. It is what it is, man. You shouldn't talk in front of me if you don't want to talk about it on the show. Hey. Fucking goes. Yeah, did you see those trans people on the on the lawn of the White House and then that hot chick with the boobs? And I'm like, Dad, that was a fucking, that was a man. And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, and then, so we had to play the video. And I'm like, they're, the, those are all dudes. The men 
are the women. Mm-hmm. And the women, I'd explain it to him. Oh, man. And bro, he just got quiet. Oh, he didn't man. say shit, dude. <laughs> no, dude, Keith, <laughs> Keith's sitting quiet. right here next to me. He just did the same exact thing. So I had this pulled up on my laptop. He walks by. He's it was like, just funny. Yeah, he's like, he's like, is that like an influencer or something? I said, well, she's a dude. So <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, real talk. That's the most feminine looking trans person yeah, for I've sure. seen. For sure. St- still a dude. Still a dude. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into this. So the White House banned transgender activist Rose Montoya after he and other transgender activists flashed their bare chest during the pride celebration at the White House over the weekend. Uh, Rose Montoya, a biological man who believes he is a female. What's his article from? Right, Bar. They're okay. fucking great. <laughs> They're great. They ain't playing with the shit. They, they are not with the shit. Um, attended the White House Pride event and was featured in a video in which he showcased his fake breast. Uh, other transgender activists, women who believe they are men, also flashed their bare chest, showing scars from undergoing gender affirmation surgery. Uh, Montoya covered the nipples of his fake breast as he shimmied for the camera. Here's the video. Welcome to the White House. Thank you. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah. Yeah. gender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You are understood. You are loved. And you belong. Yeah. Some of the bravest and most inspiring people I've ever known. And I mean, you're welcome. Some good folks. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. It is an honor. Trans rights are human rights. Are we topped this at the White House? Yeah. So, so after plenty of God, dude, that's so fucking disrespectful, dude. Dude, like take away the fucking take away the the trans movement and shit. Like we're like we have fucking titties out on the White House lawn, bro. Mockery. It is fucking mockery. Yeah, real or fake, it's fucked up. No, that's why I, that's, yeah. I think that's the issue. Yeah. That's to me, that's the issue of this whole thing. Yeah, it's the standard, yeah. man. It's the standard and the, the continued degradation of our country. Um, but the article continues. It says, after pl- plenty of backlash across social media, the White House told the New York Post, quote, this behavior is inappropriate and disrespectful for any event at the White House. Further, it said those individuals in the video will not be invited to future events at the White House. Quote, it is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate LGBTQI plus families or the other hundreds of guests who were in attendance. Individuals in the video will not be invited to future events. The statement added. Now, uh, bro, Rose, I only just do the whole alphabet. Like every time they talk about it, yeah. they add something new to it. I can reread it. Can we yeah. try it? What is the plus though? Hold on. What's the G? What's the plus? G's gay. But it, isn't a lesbian? It, L was lesbian. Yeah, the G's for guys. Yeah, but B oh. isn't aren't women that are lesbians no, it's gay? lesbian, gay? gay, bisexual. Yeah, I know that, but wow. Hold on, what's the plus for? Plus is for everything else. No, yeah. no, no. It's no. like the etc. Yeah, it's like 
It's like whatever we left but out. Couldn't it be like G? No, plus? The pl- you're missing the point of the question. What's, okay. What's the plus for? I don't know. Who's the group of people that, f- that try to hide oh, in this the black community? People? Oh, the pedophiles. That's what it's for. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, like, I can't mean, say minor it. attractive people in the fucking. Yeah, they can't just put thing. P in And there. like all oh. the people outside the LGB community are all with this minor attracted shit. Not all of them. Okay. But there's more than one. Yeah. More, more than a few. Yeah. Um, enough to where it's become a term. Yeah. I can read. Let me read this. Re- reread this one more time. Uh, quote, it is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean fuck. fuck, man. <laughs> Might as well. Uh, but Rose Montoya, she did respond. Oh, shit. He did respond. Uh, this was his response video here. It has recently come to my attention that conservatives are trying to use the video of me topless at the White House to try to call the community groomers etc and i would just like to say that first of all going topless in washington dc is legal and i fully support the movement in freeing the nipple because why is my chest now deemed inappropriate or illegal when i show it off however before coming out as trans it was not all you're doing is affirming that i am a woman All you're doing is saying that trans women are women because for some reason, people like to sexualize women's bodies and say that they are inappropriate. Now everything My trans masculine friends were showing off their top surgery scars and living in joy and I wanted to join them. And because it is perfectly within the law in Washington, D.C., I decided to join them and cover my nipples just to play it safe because I wanted to be fully free and myself. I had zero intention of trying to be vulgar or be profane in any way. I was simply living in joy, living my truth and existing in my body. Happy Pride. Free the nipple. Well, listen, bitch. Um, I'm tell you, <laughs> That's such a great. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you, your your first your fucking personal beliefs don't supersede uh, cultural norms and what people are going to be offended by and not be offended by. And I, I'm so tired of hearing all of these people talk about the things that they do that are obscene as if expression of myself, and that's that makes it okay. Like sometimes. Uh, you're going to have to show some self-control. Sometimes there's things you can't do. I can't walk through a fucking mall with my dick hanging out and then say, oh, I was just being free. Free the penis. put my shit in jail. But if I was a trans person and I walked through the mall with my fucking fake dick hanging out, y'all would fucking clap for it. Okay, so there's a double standard here. And This is crossing the line for, I would say, the majority of Americans, especially the ones who maybe, like myself, have had family members literally be fucking killed for the fucking country. How about all your friends? Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. It, it's, it's disheartening, too, because it's like you don't see this output of resources and you know speaking engagement for veterans or for holidays that involve patriots. Enjoy that long weekend. Yeah. Memorial Day. I mean, did we get this on Memorial Day? We got, you know, Biden like putting across the 
Arlington National Cemetery, the Tomb of the Unknowns, to lay the wreath, almost looking like he was going to fall over. And so when I see this, all the resources poured in this, Americans have to remember they're paying for this. And look, I have people in my family who are gay, and they don't agree with this shit. Most they hate people this don't, shit. Bro. They don't. And, yeah. and, and one of my cousins who's gay, whose husband's in the military, um, people have to wrap their head around like that shit is, that shit exists, right? Even if you disagree with it, that should exist. But they're reasonable, decent human beings out there that don't throw this shit in people's faces. And, and my thing is like, she's saying conservatives are sexualizing the situation. No, your fake 34 double Ds on your man chest, pulling them out in public, especially in the White House, is what's sexualizing this situation. And, and we wonder why these people are being called groomers. When you go out and you try to sexualize children, because you want to push your agenda, which is your persona. It's not your biology. It's your persona onto kids and making it their sexuality and, their, and trying to change their biology. That's where I draw the line. And when I see this, it's disgusting because it's like, dude, this is the White House. Like, take some shit serious. You can be a fuck up. You can be an old man. You can be like not taking anything serious. But that place like Arlington National Cemetery is sacred ground. Don't fuck that up. And he's fucking that up. Well, they're, doing that, they're doing that intentionally, bro. Oh. It's like when Lizzo came out and played the glass flute. All right. Uh, she, uh, what's his face is glass flute. Uh, I forgot what president was. Never been touched, never been played. They've sent her out. Like they're trying to destroy American culture. And yeah, James Madison's glass flute. Okay. Like it never been played. It's in a case. Who's going to play it the first time? Fucking Lizzo. The fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even the shit with the flags caught a lot of heat, right? Well, because it should. Of, how, of how they positioned it, right? And Next they, to the American flag? Like, I learned that as a 17-year-old private in the Army. In the you never do that. No, right? bro. Flags, if you're going to display the flag and with other flags, the American flag is supposed to be higher and center of the other flags. Yeah. Right? Well, and the response to that was, well, it's being flown atop the White House. And it's like, that, that's still not what this is referring to. It's referring to any time it's grouped with other flags, which is what this is. You know? Bro, these people are their own worst enemy. Like, like, dude, nobody truly gives a fuck about how, if you want to get some fake boobs and, and, and live as a woman or whatever. I don't fucking care. And I don't think most people do. The problem is, like I've said, which most of you have seen because the clip went mega viral, uh, is these fuckers that are throwing it in our face nonstop, bringing it into situations that are not appropriate. This is not a fucking appropriate, Okay. Men dressing up as women and shaking their dicks and balls in front of fucking little kids. That's not okay. And you, anybody who supports that, that's in this community, you're furthering the demise of your own movement. Okay? Because it wasn't too long ago where everybody was like, gay people shouldn't even be married. Right? And now people are saying, fuck, we should have never let them get married. And that's where you're the extreme. I don't believe that. But I'm saying what that's causing. It's causing what, this. Re what's going to create? Yes, bro. And, and like, Dude, there's so many gay people who sacrificed a lot, a lot of real fucking sacrifice, like real persecution to get the rights of, of every other American. And we were at that place. And now this is regressing it because of shit like this. And then this person gets on fucking TikTok and acts like they're the victim. You're not the fucking victim, bro. You fucked up. You know what you should say? You should say, you know what? I got carried away in the moment. I, I thought that, you know, I, my friends were doing it. I thought it would be cool and I didn't realize it. And you know what? 
It was bad on me. It was disrespectful, and I apologize. If you did that shit, people respect the fucking community more. But this thing of like completely playing the victim every time, it goes back to the shit we were talking about about black crime. Like we cannot continue to allow the actual facts of what's going on to be swept under the rug. You were inappropriate, own the shit. And, and if you really care about trans communities and trans lives and trans acceptance, then act like a fucking great ambassador of trans people. Don't pull out your titties on the fucking White House lawn where people have fucking lost family members and friends and generations of people have fucking died to have this country. Like, be respectful of it. And like, dude, if she would come out or he or whatever you want to call him, come out and say, what I just said, bro, it would be a plus for the community. Another plus. Yeah, no shit. Two pluses. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let's keep this train moving. We got third and final headline. Headline number three. Headline number three reads, CNN, MSNBC refused to air potentially dangerous Trump speech to supporters. Dangerous um, to who? Right. Must be dangerous like that 75 hard, huh? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, so, so this is a uh, Fox News article reading, both CNN and MSNBC refused to air former President Trump's speech to supporters following his court hearing Tuesday where he pled not guilty to 37 federal felony counts stemming from his alleged improper retention of classified records. CNN anchor Jake Tapper uh, defended the decision not to air the speech Tuesday night, bluntly telling audiences it could be, quote, dangerous to do so. Uh, quote, bro, these motherfuckers don't know what dangerous is. They've never seen dangerous. No. Um, he says, quote, we're not carrying his remarks live because, frankly, he says a lot of things that are not true and sometimes potentially dangerous. Jake Tapper told CNN audiences and guest uh, Representative Alexandria Osceola-Cortez out of New York. Uh, earlier in the day, Tapper rebuked CNN uh, producers for showing the former president celebrating with his supporters. Quote, the folks in the control room, I don't need to see any more of that. Tapper grumbled on there. Quote, he's trying to turn this into a spectacle, a campaign ad. That's enough of that. Uh, Tapper went on to warn audiences that CNN would air a clip of Trump defending himself that was full of, quote, untrue and unfounded claims about the charges against him and the people he thinks are behind it. Uh, MSNBC anchor Rachel Maddow announced her network had made the same decision during her Tuesday night show. Uh, quote, we are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to gain, essentially, be a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live, she began. Uh, the primetime host suggested, that, uh, suggested this was in order to protect the network's reputation and journalistic integrity, uh, saying, uh, quote, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them, she explained. Uh, Maddow claimed uh, she was not celebrating the decision to censor Trump's speech. And this was not a, quote, glib decision by the network. She revealed they could reverse the, that call if Trump said anything newsworthy. Um, so we got that. And then I don't know if you guys also saw, uh, you got Hillary Clinton chiming in on this whole Trump indictment, uh, calling it profoundly disturbing. Uh, Hillary Clinton reacts to Republicans defending Trump over federal indictment. 
Um, there's you act- mean like how Democrats defended her for all her fucking shit? Exactly. Exactly. Let, Shut let, the fuck let's up. watch this video of uh, a good old Hillary. Here, here's the video here. Look at her. Fu- hold on. Before the video <laughs> plays, look at the look on her fucking face. Yeah. I like this one here. No. She looks like the fucking Joker from fucking Batman. She looks like the dude from, uh, she looks like what's name from The Mask. She looks like some of these American women need to punch her in the fucking face. Figuratively, of Figuratively. course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's watch this video of her, uh, of her uh, chiming in on Is this. Is that dude wearing a fucking skirt? Uh, I can't. I, I don't know. All right. First of all, did you just assume, goes now, did you just assume that's a dude? Is that a Bud Light? Right there? I think he won the national. <laughs> <laughs> I think he won the national swimming title. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch this video, guys. Republicans claim that you got off. So you did the same God. thing and got off scot free. Why did your friend Jim Comey let you off <laughs> so easy? That that's a really good question. I can't figure that one out. Um, you know, I do think it's it's uh, odd let's just say, to the point of being absurd, um, how that is their only response. You know, they refuse to read the indictment. They refuse to engage with the facts. There's nothing new about that. And what they refuse to admit is, you know, this is on a track about him, not about anybody else, no matter how much they try to confuse people and how much they try to, you know, raise extraneous issues. Um, And it's going to be fascinating, I guess, in a bizarre and sad way, to watch them spin themselves up. If you watched any of the news programs this weekend, I mean, their efforts to defend this man are truly beyond anything that I ever thought possible in our country. I mean, it is so profoundly disturbing how this could have been the break. This could have been the opportunity to say, you know, Uh, Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. We really appreciate it, you know. But this is kind of uh, serious, and so we're not going to, you know, continue to defend you. But no, they're all in again. That's what the psychology of this is so hard for me to fully grasp. It shouldn't be that hard, motherfucker. Like, you fucking assholes push this shit on everybody every fucking day, all day long, in a relentless fashion, in order and demand us go with you and believe everything that you believe. And you do this every single day for years and years and years and years and years. And now most of America, most of America believes that this man is being unfairly targeted politically, which I believe as well. And I think anybody with common sense, uh, whether they are a Republican or Democrat knows it's true. And you have gotten off doing all kinds of crazy shit, including making up a fake fucking document that accused this man of being a Russian asset. And for seven fucking years, you ran with that narrative and fucked our lives up and created division, hate, destruction, all for your own political preservation. So here's what you don't understand, lady, is that the more you fucking go at this man, he's like Thanos. You're going to throw more energy at him and the motherfucker's going to absorb it and absorb it and absorb it. And when it comes back to you, your head's going to end up on a fucking stake. That's reality. Okay, so these people here, Bro, when this tide turns, and I'm not advocating for this, but I'm just telling you, this is the way governments work. The pendulum swings one way, it swings the other way a little bit harder. It swings the other way a little bit harder. And when Trump keeps saying they broke the seal, because that's what he was saying, 
What he's actually saying is, okay, the gloves are off. And when I get back in power, dude, I'm fucking doing whatever I got to do to get rid of these people. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. And this, and another thing to note about Hillary Clinton is that not only is she a complete fucking liar and a piece of shit, okay? And I'm, I'm being nice. Yeah, allegedly. No, I'm being nice, <laughs> okay? She is so manipulative. And if you watch her, and you, you got to understand, she is completely aware that what she's doing is not, she's not voicing her opinion. She's actually leading the opinion of the people who fucking are still endeared to her, which is less and less by the day. So when she says what she says, she's not saying she believes that. She's saying that's what you should believe. And she's trying to rally her people behind that. Yeah. Okay. But these people are in a fucked situation because you keep indicting this dude. You keep persecuting this dude and you want it to go this other way and you want people to give up. And all it's doing is forcing your own people that probably voted for you to believe that we are now living in some sort of third world communist type country. And they're like, fuck, this is bad. Even though I don't like Trump, this is really bad. And people, dude, I've heard that from Democrats since this shit started when he got indicted in New York. Like, dude, you know how many Democrats have reached out in the DMs and they're like, bro, this is fucking crazy. Like, I don't like Trump, but this is absurd. And this can go really, like, dude, they're getting it. And like, for her to sit there and say, oh, I can't grasp it. Well, you can't grasp it because people are sick of your shit. We don't believe you anymore at all. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking to myself, I was like, uh, when he asked was like, why did, why did your friend Comey let you off? Because I, <laughs> she, her answer, real answer was because I told him I would kill him if he didn't. Yeah, well, <laughs> you'd be dead. You would have got killeried, bro. <laughs> Mike, what you got on this? I think the biggest issue is no matter what American Americans and the citizens of this country are the b biggest losers in this, because no matter how you campaign, whoever gets in the White House in the position, they're going to spend the entire presidency. Their entire administration is going to focus solely on weaponizing the government to go after the other party. Yeah. And nothing gets accomplished. That's right. That's why all these uh, in Congress and the Senate, all these bills are getting passed and nobody's paying attention. And that's what's setting the stage for calamity and chaos in the future is because all the wool, all the distractions being pulled over our eyes and nothing's being accomplished. And we will be the victims of that at a latter time. So we all lose in this, which sucks. And I, I agree with Andy, like, uh, fuck Hillary Clinton. I, I worked under her when she was sec uh, secretary of state during Benghazi. And I came back. Um, I went to Libya in October of 2012 to target Abu Ghattala and the shitheads who killed uh, everybody, all the Americans, an ambassador. And we handed over all that information re really quickly. USASOC did, US Army Special Operations Command did. And they didn't want to do anything about it because they said it was too political of a climate. She didn't even say that. She actually said, what does it matter? What does it matter? What, what does it matter? What difference does it make, right? Yeah. It's like what it, that kind of mindset, that kind of um, politician is the, the real weapon of destruction in this country. And that's going to implode itself. And and I look at the the Great Reset and, and whatever you want to call it. I'm thinking, like, dude, the only way you unfuck this is you have to start from scratch. You have to start at zero. There's no consultant that can come down and start to whittle away. You got to start at zero and build up zero to one. And that's a scary outlook, but it's the only outlook that saves this country. And, you know, I, I'm not advocating for civil war here. I'm thinking, well, like, it's you got civil war, it's revolutionary yeah, war. Figurat figuratively <laughs> and literally, you got to burn it down. Yeah. And in the ashes, you find the remnants 
and then you pick it up. Yeah. That's the only way because no other. I mean, when the richest people well, in this country are politicians. Down, oh, yeah, they are. They're going to burn it down. This yeah. is why I keep pushing the culture move. Like I keep saying personal excellence, personal excellence, personal excellence. Individuals. Un- yeah. Unplug yourself from their game. Yeah. Become not a non-customer, a non-factor for their wealth. Okay? Because what's going to be required for us to really rebuild this country is to allow them to burn it the fuck down. And right at that key moment where they think they're going to rebuild it, we fucking rebuild it. Yep. And that's, that's why we bring on people like the, the, uh, Michael Seifert from Public Square and creating an alternative economy. Like, this isn't just as simple as, like, a bunch of dudes getting kitted up and fucking doing some work. That's the easy part. Th- th- dude, and th- but what about tomorrow? Yeah. What about the next day? Yeah. What about the next day? And that culture that we're talking about consistently on the show, personal excellence being the ultimate rebellion, that will actually fix things long term. When you say build from zero, well, if we're building the culture as they're burning it down and our culture is strong and we're all independent and we're all fit, we're all healthy, we're all making money, we're all taking care of our families, we're all prepared, okay? When they burn it down, now all of a sudden they have a different class of people to actually try and control and those people can say, no, fuck you. We don't fucking need your shit and they won't be able to rebuild the way they're trying to rebuild. So like when people try to say, oh, you know, well, you say this, but that's not the solution. No, it actually is the solution. You're just not thinking it all the way through. Right. Yeah. You're playing well, a short other, game. Yeah. Other things people, that- people want, there's all kinds of people calling for violence that have never done violence or never really will participate in violence. And it's real easy to sit on the bench and say, we need to fucking do this and this and this, all this violent shit. But the reality is, is dude, uh, you're outclassed, you're outmanned, you're outpowered, you're out this, you'll get fucking killed. So what's the best thing that you can do? You can actually build yourself into an individual asset that is not dependent on their systems, not just, uh, you know, in every way, not just one or two ways. And now we're in a situation where whatever move they make, it's easy to not comply because we don't fucking need them. Mm -hmm. And if we don't need them, they don't have any power, which means we can rebuild and they can't. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the other key point to that that whole thing, too. It's like, you know, there's going to be a lag time in between the rebuild, right? Like, I'm, I'm with you, Mike. Let's burn it down, right? But, like, from from... From that first match being lit, they're burning it down. Well, I mean, one hundred, but I'm like our rebuilding, right? Like yeah. the Americans' rebuild of America, right? From the from from the very instance of that first match being lit to burn down to you know setting the new foundation, bringing everything back. There's there's amount of time that's going to span. It may be months, might be even be years, right? Where if you have the majority of Americans that are not prepared, are not uh, personally excellent or self sufficient, right? Like. That's only like that's going to make that process much much harder, right? Whereas if you have the majority of Americans who are prepared, are self sufficient, right, are mentally tough, right, and have these things in place, fit, healthy, earning income to be independent, one hundred percent, securing themselves, all this shit. It's going to be a lot easier to have that rebuild because there's going to be an amount of time that it's going to take, right? And I don't know what exactly how long that well, is. No, the, so it's important bro, that we have that shit. No, in place. bro, look, if you're building it now, by the time this shit hits bottom. This shit is already built. The culture is restored. This is a cultural revolution that we need. It's not a violent revolution. It's cultural. What they were doing is not violent. They've done cultural. That's why the fuck it worked. They did it over fucking 100 fucking years here. Okay? This is a cultural revolution that has to be fought inside your own domain, inside your brain, inside your body, inside your own life. And that's where the revolution exists. So all of you guys that keep crying for violence, 
You're missing the fucking point because if you removed all these people with the way that culture is right now and just inserted them with some other people, we'd be in the same spot in fucking six months, right? Yeah. So this is, this is a different thing and it takes a little bit of critical thinking to like put it all together because this is not a fucking checkers game, bro. This is fucking chess and it's mm-hmm. a long game. Mm-hmm. So anyway, okay. that's real. Bro, does Hillary, do people still like Hillary Clinton? Like, like real talk? Like, dude, my, her, her most. I know her I, husband doesn't. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Listen, bro, real talk. Real talk. My Democrat friends, like my Democrat family members who yeah. supported her fucking a thousand percent, those people are disenfranchised with it. So like who, who's still rooting for this lady? Yeah. You know, these people use bots and technology. This is no different than a fake fucking influencer on the internet who starts to believe their own shit. Believe they the buy, hype. Huh? They believe the hype. Yeah, they buy all kinds of shit, and then they're like, I'm a fucking big deal. That's what these people are doing. There's nobody in the streets still supporting these people. Ass in seats, man. <laughs> exactly. Where is it at? Exactly. You got one dude pulling 80,000 people every fucking stop that he stops at. You got these people that can't fill a fucking gymnasium. And somehow they're winning elections. The fuck does that tell you guys? Yep. Well, guys, that was our third and final headline. It is time for our final segment of the show. As always, we have thumbs up or dumb as fuck. That's where we bring a headline up. It'll get one of those two options. And so with that being said, our thumbs up or dumb as fuck headline reads. Illinois man charged after shooting himself during dream about burglary. Initial thoughts, guys. Initial thoughts. Interesting. Do we want to see more? What we got here? Right? It is Illinois, not Florida. Right? Why'd he shoot himself? <laughs> like, was the dream about him like about. getting overwhelmed? And so he was he was fear and impending doom. And he's like, I'm out. Boom. Dude, I yeah. It depends where he I'm shot. I'm not himself. saying shit because I feel like no matter what I say, it's bad karma. Because, like, bro, I got friends that have like shot their fingers off, like accidental shit. Yeah. And like, I'm not trying to be one of those. Like, I, I want all my fingers. I want all my fucking toes. Like, I ain't talking shit. All the other appendages. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I want that too. And what did he get charged with? (laughs) Let's dive into it. So uh, this is a New York Post article reading. It was truly a nightmare scenario. This man thought about doing 75 hard. (laughs) 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 He said it was New York Post. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, So the article reads, it says, An Illinois man allegedly shot himself in the leg while dreaming that a burglar uh, was breaking into his home. And now he faces criminal charges for the bizarre incident, officials said. Mark M. DeCara, who is 62 years old, was found by deputies at his Lake Barrington home just before 10 p.m. on April 10th with a gunshot wound to the leg, the Lake County Sheriff's Office said in a release. Investigators we're told that Dakara was having a dream that someone was breaking into his home, located about an hour northwest of Chicago. While in a stupor from the nightmare terror, Dakara, quote, retrieved his 357 Magnum revolver and shot at who he believed was the intruder. Uh, quote, when he fired, he shot himself and apparently woke up from the dream, the sheriff's office said. Uh, Dakara was bleeding so heavily from his wound that first responders had to use a tourniquet to stop the blood flow, the sheriff's office said. Uh, Fortunately, the round discharged from the firearm went through his leg and went into the bed, injuring no one aside from Dakara. He was taken to an area hospital for treatment of his gunshot wound. According to officials, 
No burglary had taken place at the Cara's residence at the time of the shooting. Uh, the Cara was charged with possessing a firearm with a revoked firearm owner's identification card, which is required in Illinois, as well as reckless discharge of a firearm, the sheriff's office said. Uh, gun owners must have a FOID card in the state of Illinois in order to legally possess firearms or ammunition. It's unclear why the car's FOID had been revoked in the first place. Well, probably because he sleepwalks and shoots. <laughs> dude, he's still sleepy, man. He got the mugshot. Dude, man, still that tired. Dude look, man. That dude look legit looks like Sleepy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> like he, like legit looks like him. Yeah, this poor guy. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, fuck, man. <laughs> I want to know, bro. I know some people that really do sleepwalk, like serious, like same, they, like yeah. serious shit. Like, bro, dude, I heard that shit's dangerous, though, right? Like, you can't wake him up or nothing. No, dude. I used to know this kid, man. We were friends with in high school. We went to Florida one time. He went on family vacation with us, and my dad woke up, and he heard like this metal, like the sound of liquid going on the metal. And he went over and he was, this dude was taking a piss in the fucking washing machine. Oh man. Yeah. And like, bro, he was dead asleep. Like they had no clue what he was doing. The next day when like we were making fun of him, he's like, bro, I don't even remember that shit at all. Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, dude, I know another dude who fucking sleepwalks when he's drunk and he pisses on his fucking own suitcase when he's like. Sal? No. <laughs> no I ain't saying no names. But it ain't Sal. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, what, what do we got? What do we got on this? I don't know, man. Fuck, hey, look, what I know do you this. think, Mike? A How would you prepare yourself? Bro, well, that's fucking Tackleberry I, shit. It, Police Academy. Bro, bro, it sucks his leg got in the way. I mean, legitimately, <laughs> I, I think the worst travesty here is he got charged for some shit for having a non-registered firearm in the state of Illinois. Yeah. That's the most fucked up. Yeah. Because the fact that registration at that level is getting law-abiding citizens who accidentally shoot themselves in their sleep, whatever the issue, is getting them charges. That's the exact reason why these registrations exist. It, it's like it exists because confiscation, but any of these things come, like you get a ticket. Well, you want to compound a ticket? Have an illegal fire, firearm and we'll stack the charges. That's mm -hmm. what it's meant for. Yep. I mean, law enforcement officers deploy that kind how of many, tactic. How many of these people that are committing these crimes in Chicago Killing fucking 30 and 40 people every weekend are getting the same charge on them. Or, or have FOID cards. I'm just saying. Right. Yeah. It's like, are they checking their phone? Yeah, exactly. Good. Like, are they looking at their FOID cards to, to see if they're registered? And are they catching that additional charge? Mm -hmm. Likely not. And I mean, this dude's dumb, but I know dudes like Andy, like, yeah. who actually have this problem. And I, at a period of time in my life, when the VA was prescribing me Ambien and Trazodone at the same time. Oh, that's a cocktail, baby. Look, dude, and then yeah. you stack a little whiskey on that. I, dude, I would have, uh, I would wake up and be like, where the fuck am I? Bro. One, yeah, crazy shit. I know a dude who totaled his fucking car like that. He fucking woke up. He, he had Ambien, and I guess like he didn't react well to it. And woke up, like, told, like when I say told, it wasn't like he hit something they told it. I mean, like, you look at the car and you're like, Holy fuck, bro. How is anybody alive? He fucking lived and it was off of Ambien because Crazy. like he was fucking sleepwalking. Yeah. I had the same Z's. Yeah. Close to that. Yeah. yeah. That's fucked up, man. So, I mean, wh wh what are we giving this though? I think it's dumb as fuck, bro. Same. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. the dude's dumb. Like if you're, you should probably secure your weapons a little bit better. I'm, I'm not the, I'm not the pre prepared expert. No, he's here. dumb. Yeah. He's dumb. Um, well, one, he's shooting a 357 know. revolver. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, like level up, that? man. Semi automatic <laughs> pistol, man. Bro, that's like, <laughs> 
That's seriously like that's some, some dirty Dan shit. Yeah. Fucking uh, police academy. Dirty Harry shit. That's yeah. right. Right. Still an intimidating fucking gun. Though. It is. Yeah. Have it on display, but then use yeah. your Glock, you know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Bro, I got one of those Smith & Wesson 500 revolvers. Yeah. That thing, what a waste of fucking money that was. <laughs> Holy shit, bro. I shot it one fucking time at night and like got the flames, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking, this sucks. It hurts my hand. Yeah. I can't fucking shoot it. They make that shit a two-inch barrel, too. Yeah. Is it when it spits flames up? It's, it's got the big flamethrower yeah, at the end bro, of it? Yeah. I got the long one. You know, I got to compensate. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> also black that's right no oh hey okay <laughs> that's what <laughs> bro we were driving down the road one day when i got my fucking new dually uh i got a f450 that i drive yeah on my daily and uh it's white mm-hmm. and fucking dude when they first came out we're driving him and i were driving down the road and I'm, like they nobody had them yet and then there's another one coming down the road it's black i'm like, bro look at that fucking brand new f450 he goes yeah Looks a little bit bigger though, doesn't it? <laughs> it's something different. Yeah, bigger, yeah, man. a little bigger. Well, guys, Mike, Andy, that's all I got. Yeah, bro. Um, thanks so much for making the trip to come on the show, man. Any time, it's yeah. an honor and pleasure. I, I, your show is one of my favorite shows Thank because you. it's the realest show, and I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Uh, guys, don't forget to check out Mike's book. Um, it can be bought literally anywhere. So go out and support him. Like I said, get yourself a copy, get, get a, get a copy to gift. We're living in uncertain times. It's a great manual to understand what, uh, we can do. That's very basic to prepare and work into our lifestyle. So go check it out. Uh, and then don't forget to, uh, let us know what you think of the show in the comments and click subscribe and, uh, pay the fee. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. Sleeping on the floor, now my jewelry box froze Fuck a pole, fuck a stove, counted millions in the cold Bad bitch, booted swole, got her on bankroll Can't fold, does a no, headshot, case closed, closed.